little warm. Worse on Friday, I lost the AC in my office, so I was sweltering all day, but, uh, but I made it through. But today is nice, got a nice uh, reprieve and uh, a little bit of rain, so it, we didn't get a downpour, so we still have the open roof, so keep praying for our, our work that needs to be done on the roof. Uh, we have the AC guys still tying everything back in on that side. They've got to finish that up before we can close it up. And then we need to do the repair on the, on the uh, a lot of the wood uh, on the top. And they say we, the, the experts, pastor and some guys, and we'll, but all the guys, if you can, uh, please get with Frank. He will, he will if you have a, a, some time and a hand to, uh, to, to do some labor, uh, Frank is, a, 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 just get with him and he'll uh, coordinate. And so, but be in prayer for that. We need to get that done get that closed up before any more rain comes um but uh so we are in our second week of our fun with felt series uh if you if you missed last week or you haven't been a part um i started this uh because uh when when we were doing the last series and this happens at all, all in all the, the sunday school series it's very easy to take for granted that that all of us know the bibles of the story uh, stories in the Bible. Yeah. So it, we take that for granted. And, um, and, and you might even in the world hear some stories in the Bible, but not all of us went to Sunday school growing up. And so, um, you know, it's okay to reset a little bit. It's okay to, to get, get that, just that, that love for things. And, and I've heard positive feedback from folks about the felt um, because it just brings back childhood memories. And, and who doesn't love childhood memories when, when you've been in Sunday school and seen some of that? And so, and if you haven't, uh, this is kind of what we saw. And so uh, we're doing Fun with Felt. We did uh, The Maniac of Gadara, one of my favorite stories last week, uh, talking about true redemption and how, how um, God can work in the most amazing ways in people that you think can't be saved. And so uh, we saw the maniac get saved and become a proponent for the Lord and, and tell his family and friends all that the Lord had done for him. And so this one, uh, a very famous story, obviously, you know, in your notes, we're going to be talking about a uh, boy and a giant, David and Goliath, um, a story of overcoming um, incredible obstacles, but you do that with trust in God. And so there's a rich story here in 1 Samuel 17 about this, this journey of, of David and of Israel and, and what, uh, what they had to, uh, what they were facing. Uh, I, it, Samuel can sometimes be a little... It sometimes it seems like, is it chronological? Is it just giving stories in different orders? But we know some stuff about David before this, this chapter. Um, the, in, in chapter 16, he was anointed uh, by, um, by the prophet that he was going to be the king. Because remember Saul, well, again, I'm saying it right now. I'm saying, remember Saul? Saul had disobeyed in the sense that he didn't trust God when he was going ready to fight. And he got ahead of the prophet and the man of God and uh, and so he, he lost, basically was going to lose his kingdom. He said, your, your kingdom's been taken from you. Uh, God set you up. God's going to take you out at some time. And uh, now he doesn't know that, he personally doesn't know that David has been anointed king. Uh, we, can assume, we assume here. Um, but, but we did learn some things about David if you, if you read in 1 Samuel. But we're in 17, which is this battle with the Philistines. Uh, so... Uh, our, our series memory verse that I'm, I'm kind of using is Luke 18, 17. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter, enter therein. So we're going we're gonna to kind of just, let's, let's just enjoy the Bible stories. 
that God has for us in the story of David and, uh, and the Goliath, and we can apply it to our lives. So we're in 1 Samuel 17, if you open your books. Uh, I'll read the first three verses just to get it the, stage, the stage set. Now the Philistines gathered together uh, their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shokam, Shoka, uh, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoka and Azekah uh, in Ephesadendamen. Those are big words, right. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched in the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other. And there was a valley between them. So this is the valley. There's a mountain here. It's a mountain here. Uh, we're going to use that as, this, as, this, as the setting here. And so we've got this, this setting of Israel's now set up against the Philistines. Now, this isn't the first time they've, they've dealt with the Philistines. Uh, in reality, the, the Philistines became a thorn in their side quite a bit uh, throughout the Bible. Um, and it's really because they didn't really drive the Philistines out when they overtook the land. And so they, this thorn was left there uh, for Israel, and that was the Philistines. And so, um, so we, they battled them before, but there's a little difference in this one um, for the first time. And, so, um, and it won't be the last time. But, um, uh, but so, we have, so we have a set-up battle here. Now... Um, the difference in this one was that they were facing, I would just say, use air quotes here and put them in your notes, a supernatural force. Because when you think about this Goliath, he was not natural. He was not, he was not as you and me. Uh, Brother Doug, you're a big guy, tall guy. I'm a David to you, but you were a David to this guy. This guy was huge. He was tall. He was, he was otherworldly he was not uh he was not what normal humans are and so uh so this is a supernatural thing that they're now facing so uh in verse four we'll read the next few uh verses uh and there went out a champion out of the camp of the philistines named goliath of gath whose uh, height was six cubits in a span uh over nine feet and he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of uh, brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. He wasn't even carrying that. Somebody else had to, some poor guy had to carry that thing for him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you, why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am, am not I a Philistine and ye servants of, to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So we have a giant, um, Goliath. It's kind of pictured here. Just this man who's uh, uh, otherworldly. He's supernatural in a way. He's different than the Philistines they've been battling. Um, talks about his, his, all his armor. It talks about his, his spear. They say the, the head of his spear is at least 25 pounds. Tried to, I mean, I've tried to throw a, a javelin. But put a 25-pound, I mean, that's not even a weaver's beam that they're saying. Uh, and then his uh, an incredibly large-sized uh, sword that he carried. And remember that, somebody else is going to use that sword. Um, so he, he, this, this 
this foe that Israel's going to see is not natural. It's new. And it strikes fear in the whole army. This one man. Now, if you keep reading, um, and uh, we'll hit a few notes, and then we'll get back into the, the word here. He defied Israel for 40 days. I, when I read this, I was going, wait a minute. I, I thought this was just going to be a quick story. Um, it's actually for 40 days he'd been doing this, 40 days and nights. He had been def- coming out saying the same thing, defying, and then, they, and then they're shaking. And they don't know what's going on. They don't know what, they don't know how, what to do. Um, they've forgotten that they have the God, the God of heaven is on their side. They are God's army. And they forget what they have because they see this giant that they don't think they could ever take care of. Uh, so, um, so we have this, this, this foe that they face. Now, Goliath represents things in our lives that we think we can never get past. And we, and you may have, I think all of us will at some time in our life have the giant Goliath facing us. And we have to remember that we have a God in heaven who's bigger than that giant. And a God in heaven who's not surprised that that giant's there. God allowed this to happen. He allowed Goliath to stand in front and, and defy him and defy Israel. And he's testing Israel, and he's going to show them the victory. He's going to show what he can do and the, the things that he can do with small things. Um, so, so we will face giants in our life, and that's what Goliath represents, a true story. Uh, he represents um, those giants that we face, whether it be health, whether it be finance, job loss, the pandemic that we face, the giants. The giant's still there. And they keep wanting to pull them out. But it's something that God can overcome if we'll trust in him. So, so who trusted him? Uh, so number one, he faced a super, Israel faced a supernatural foe. Uh, that was part of the, I like to find these, these, as I said last week, I like to find these acts in these stories. You can find the uh, act one, acts two, act three, um, sometimes four. But um, in this case, there was about, three acts in the story. So act one, we had the supernatural foe. And act two, David is introduced and he sees, uh, he, he saw a cause. He saw a cause. So, um, so we'll, we'll skip on ahead to uh, verse 23. And uh, so, so we get a little background in between. We get a little background of who David was. Now it's the second time we get background because he's a son of Jesse. He was, he was anointed. He was picked um, uh, uh, he was picked by the prophet to be the next king. God doesn't look on the uh, outside. He looks on the inside. And we, we know in the Bible it talks about David being a, he had a man after God's own heart. Boy, I wish I, I wish that could be said of me. I wish if they wrote something that that, that could be said of me. Doesn't mean he was, he was going to be faultless. It doesn't mean that he was not going to make a mistake. Um, but he was a man after God's own heart. He wanted to follow God. He wanted to do what God wanted him to do. So we're reintroduced to him, here to him. Um, he, was, uh, he was taking care of the sheep. His, his father told him, go see. So obviously, this has been going on for almost for 40 days. And uh, at least 40 days. And so, so something's going on. Jesse's worried about his sons. His three oldest sons are there fighting with Saul, or are not really fighting right now, but they're, they're set up against the Philistines. And so he's like, hey, I, I'm, I, maybe he, 
I'm hearing chatter. Go, go check on your brothers. Take some stuff to your brothers. Go see the army. Um, go, go see that they, they be well. Go, go find out how they're doing. So in verse 23, and he, and, uh, he, he gets there. He, David leaves his carriage, and he comes, and he salutes the army uh, and, and his brethren. And, he, and as he talked with them, uh, behold, there came up a champion, uh, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. So we had, uh, we had the, the crowd, the armies, they're sitting here on this side. They're wondering what's going on. They, they, they see, they're afraid of this giant. Uh, and so David, he comes, and he's going to talk with them. And he's going he's to salute them, see what's going on. He wants to know, hey, what is this? He, he, he sees this, this large, large being on the other side of the valley. And there's probably, and we do know there's a brook. There is going to be a brook here somewhere. Um, so, uh, we were in 2024. 20, uh, and all the men uh, of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. So David sees this too. He sees the fear in the eyes of the men. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man um, uh, that, that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be, and then they say, and then it shall be, and I love this, that the man that killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter to make his father's house free of in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what was that? What was that? You know, he, is that what I heard? You, you know, he, he wants to, he, he's, he speak, David spake to the men and stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God and the people answered him after this manner saying so shall it be done to the man that killeth him yeah what we said you, you he'll give you his daughter and and his dad will have his taxes free and Eliab now Eliab was his oldest brother and Eliab his oldest brother heard when he spake unto the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said why camest thou down hither and whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. You just want to come see. You want to come see the train wreck that's about to happen. You want, you, you know, you want to rubberneck and see what to see, see, see the gore. What, you know, he, he's really uh, chiding at David. And David says, what have I now done? You know, he says, I love that. If you think about it, what have I now done? This is probably not the first time that Eliab, Eliab has chewed him out. I have a feeling that if we know that David is a man after God's own heart, his brother has probably chided on him before, probably just for that reason. Goody two-shoes, doing, doing what dad tells you all the time, you know, doing what you're told. Yeah, you, so, so remember that. So Eliab, you know, he's chiding at him. What have I done? Is there not a cause? He recognized that, whoa, we're sitting here for 40 days. I thought we were a better army than that. We definitely got a better God than that. As I said, Israel had faced the Philistines before, and they're going to face them again. In fact, uh, there's a story that they'll face uh, uh, Goliath's brother. So apparently it runs in the family. But this supernatural thing thing this person has now caused strip fear into the god's nation 
and David wasn't going to have any of that. Now, I don't know what David, I don't know if David thought to himself immediately, like, uh, oh yeah, I, I got this. But maybe. Maybe he had, he had had such a great uh, history of seeing God's work in his life. In just his, in his short life. This is a young man. But he saw a cause. Now, when you are when you are doing good, you are going to face opposition in your life. Why is that? Why is that? Why would you, if you're doing good, why would you face opposition? Could it be it highlights the sin in other people's lives? Right? I mean, uh, you're, uh, you want to do what's right. And again, uh, uh, an older brother, you just, you know, he's got failures in his life. And it just, it just magnifies the failures in his life. And maybe even friends and, and other family. Uh, but when you're doing good, you will face opposition. He faced this from his brothers. It'll always highlight the, the lack of faith in people's lives. It'll highlight the, the failures in their lives. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're stuck in sin, it's kind of nice to have a sin buddy, you know. It's, nobody wants to be uh, alone. And so, so David saw a cause. He saw that this was not, this is not anything different. God is still bigger than this giant. He looks crazy mean, but God is bigger than him. So David saw a cause, and David, and he, but he did know that the battle was God's. And he just wanted to be the vessel to use. So if we skip on to uh, verse 37. Um, so he kept, uh, through the next few verses, he, uh, he spoke, he ended up speaking with Saul. I do, do want to highlight, he spoke with Saul, I'll use Saul here, and, um, and when he talked to Saul, uh, he, he rehearsed again, said, this, this belongs to the God, and he said, what can you do? You're just a little boy. And he said, well, you know, um, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. God saved me from these, these two when I was taking care of the sheep. This man's no different. He's a big bear, I can take care of him. I, with God's help. And so, I, part of me, when I, when I read this story, I always go, why, why doesn't Saul remember David? Because you'll, at the end of the story, you'll, you'll hear him go, who is that kid? And I think it's just because of that, where, his position. I think when you, when you get into that, that kingly position and you have all these people around you, even though that, he, David has played the harp for him before, uh, at, that we've read, we will read in uh, 16, David, after, even after he was anointed, David was called to, to play the harp because somebody told the king that, because in the Bible it says the Spirit of God was with David. Once he was anointed, the Spirit of God came to David. Well, guess where the Spirit left? It left Saul. Saul didn't have the Spirit of God anymore. And so he had fear, and he had things in his life now that, that uh, maybe he lost the fact that I have, I have a God in heaven who anointed me. I know I'm going to lose my kingdom someday, but I'm still king right now. And God could have still used Saul. But so, so David now is talking with him. Uh, Saul probably doesn't remember exactly who he is and why, why he knows him. Or maybe he has a lot of people playing the harp for him. Or uh, he's just another, just another kid, not, even, not important to him. But David says, I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion. And God got me through that. And he can do this. So let's get back to 37. 
Uh, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said unto David, go, uh, and the Lord be with thee. Good luck. That's really what he's saying. You know, Whew. this is not, he's, I, I know what he's probably thinking. This David, he's not on my payroll. I'm not going to have to pay the, uh, the life insurance on him when, when he gets ripped apart by this guy. So, so go, God be with you. You know, have you ever said that to somebody? Sure, ha have fun. Have fun with that, right? That's what, that's what, Paul, that's what uh, Saul did. And uh, interestingly, and, but Saul armed, and Saul armed David with his armor and put on his helmet of brass upon his head and also armed him with a coat of mail. He says, here's, here's my stuff. You can use it. Just go ahead and use it. Um, and David girded his sword upon his, on, upon his armor, and he assuaged to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I, I can't go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And David got, grabbed what he had, and he grabbed his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he, he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. So David now is... He's going, no, I got something better. I've, I've got a stone and a sling. Oh, I wish I could have seen this. Again, one of those, one of those things in heaven, I want to see that film reel of how this happened. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's a special effect in, in Hollywood today that could show what this thing did. So where were we at? Uh, so he grabbed that staff, and he, grabbed, uh, and he drew near the Philistine. And the Philistine came out uh, and drew near unto David. And the man that bare his shield went before him. So there's a man between them. And when the Philistine looked, uh, looked about and saw David, he disdained him. And he was but a fair youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. A good-looking kid who's going to come out and try to fight me. And the Philistine said unto him, Am I a dog that thou comest me with staves? Basically sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver me, thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thy head from thee, and I will give the, car the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into your hands. He basically did the Babe Ruth and called the shot. He's, he's Babe Ruth sitting in that uh, batter's box, and he's pointing to the, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to hit this over. He's telling them, no, you're going down. You're going down because I have a God in heaven who's bigger than you. This little boy with a sling and a stone. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine, and as David's running, he put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it. I like that word, slang. And smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, probably the same height as him, and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. David remembered that God wins the victories. And God could empower him. That same God then is the same God today. He has that power. Um, we don't, we might not see the miracles that, that, that get portrayed in this Bible so clearly today, but there are miracles that are happening every day. And we have to remember that. David remembered what God did for him with the lion and the bear. That was prepping him for a bigger battle. God has given experiences to us to prep us for a bigger battle. He does perform miracles today. He does um, uh, get us through the darkest hours that we have. And man will try to equip you with their knowledge and equip you with their things. Saul said, eh, well, you'll probably need this. You'll need, you'll need my armor. You'll need my sword. You'll need, you'll need everything I got. But David knew, no, I need what God gave me. And so when we're teaching our kids, when we're, when we're preparing them, God will give them what they need if they seek it. Don't let the world say, hey, we've got the best thing for you. God, God has men, God has women uh, to put in our lives to help give us uh, the knowledge and the, uh, the experience of, of how God can work in our lives. As you read later and more as you, as you finish this, David, uh, he, it's like he, he wouldn't stop clutching that, that head. Now, your noggin's a very heavy part of your body. I can't imagine how heavy that head was from, from Goliath. But he had that head, and he actually, um, uh, he actually took it with him and showed it to Saul. Um, and then he actually took the sword, and he took the, uh, the armor of, of Goliath, and he said, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember what God did. He probably still had the lion and the bear. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a taxidermy lion and bear at his house too. You know. But God, this is such a great story of seeing that God's, if we trust in God for the victory, we'll have the victory. I don't know if David, he might, he's, he's a man who's fallible. He, he had issues too throughout his life. Man after God's own heart. He might have said, hey, you defy the God of heaven. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go after him. But you know what? If I die, I died doing God's work. I, I'm going to be with the Lord. So bring it on. I mean, so what a great story, great picture. I hope this just gives you a great visual of, of, of David, this, this man who represents all of us. We're the little guy. We're the, we're the, we're the guy who... Um, who can overcome an insurmountable obstacle. If, if we only let God do it, you know, let him, let him take control. So I don't know what you're facing today, I, whether it be health, finances, job loss, family woes. God is bigger than that. And if we dive in and we uh, uh, read this, read how, how he he just trusted God for this victory. He didn't trust in himself. He, he allowed God to use him, 
He knew somebody, God, God's got to use somebody. It might as well be me because these guys have been standing here for 40 days. Eliab, you've been standing here for 40 days and you haven't done anything. I hope it's not said in there, but I hope David said that to him. Stood up to him. I wonder what Eliab thought of David after he did that. Looks at his brothers. Uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Maybe a little more respect. Maybe a little more respect. Maybe a little envy. Dang. So, all right. David and Goliath. Great story to learn about victory. And I hope you guys enjoy that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the stories that you give us. I thank you for a story of victory that you gave in David's life to set him up as the king. But Lord, you just, you did it all. Uh, you just used a man. And Lord, you can use us in, your, in, your, in our lives. You can help us to get past those uh, insurmountable obstacles, Lord. You are bigger than anything that faces us. And we just need to trust in you, Lord. I thank you for being that God. I thank you for these people, Lord, and I think if, if anybody is struggling and they don't have you in their life, I pray today is the day that we get that right. Lord, we sure do love you. ask that you just be with us in the next hour. Be with our fellowship. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, guys.